Hello, and welcome to Booked Solid, New Canaan Library's podcast for young adults, new adults, and the forever young adult at heart. I'm your host, Kathleen. And I'm your host, James. And today we are talking about A Good Girl's Guide to Murder by Holly Jackson. So James, why don't you give us a little description of what this book is about? Sure. When high schooler Andrea Bell, Andy, was murdered, residents of the town of Fairview were shocked to discover that the killer was none other than her boyfriend, Salil Singh, known as Sal. Unfortunately, Sal never faced justice for his actions, as when he was accused of the murder and his alibis began to fall apart, fear or guilt led him to take his own life. This is the so-called truth of what happened to Andy. But Pippa Pip Fitzamobi isn't buying it, and five years after the events in question, she thinks she can pull off an incredible senior year capstone project if she can get to the bottom of what really happened. Reaching out to Sal's younger brother, Ravi, for help clearing his brother's name, she begins hunting around Fairview for answers, interviewing suspects and witnesses, investigating leads, and uncovering contradictions and secrets that threaten to blow the case against Sal wide open. Little does Pip know that she's not the only one on the hunt, as her questioning has stirred up another kind of hunter in town, one who may have good reason to want the past to stay uncovered, and who may be willing to kill if it means keeping Fairview in the dark about what really happened to Andy Bell. So before we get started, I just wanted to issue a spoiler warning. We are going to be talking about everything, and especially because this is a mystery, we are going to be talking about all the big reveals and twists and turns. So if you haven't finished the book yet, absolutely take a break and come back when you're done. So James, because I recommended this book, and you know that I liked it, I had a good time with it, and I was hopeful that you would as well, I want to know what did you think? So I wasn't as high on this one as you were. While I enjoyed my time with the book, and would possibly recommend this to people depending on you know their tastes in the future this isn't something that i think i'd come back to i had some problems with some of the characters i was a little confused about some of the twists and i think overall i was just kind of uncertain about where this fell in the genre of like teen detective stories i i was having trouble placing it because i felt like it landed somewhere between like a nancy drew teen detective story and like an icelandic detective thriller which is just a really weird range for this kind of story to be in, in my opinion. I will say this book is really popular on Book Talk and among teens, and I think the wild thing is that it's maybe not what you expect from a teen book, and it's maybe... No. <laughs> it goes to some dark places. I I do think that's kind of a legendary comparison to say that it's it's these... Oh, those, those Scandinavian noir type yeah, of uh, yeah. books mixed with Nancy Drew. Definitely an unusual choice. So I will a say... Bold, a bold choice. A bold I just don't choice. know if it worked for me. It's, yeah. it's clearly working for a lot of people. I just wasn't sure if this was which was what I was going into expecting. No, I think that's fair. I, I do think it actually manages to be fun and kind of have a tone that is not as dark as you would expect considering all of these super messed up things happen. But certainly if you're going in looking for sort of a fun girl detective solves little crime around town and you're not prepared you're gonna go into some dark places that you wouldn't expect and i think you know just like a quick plot summary of what's going on here so pippa and and ravi who's sal's brother they begin investigating this case and after some digging they discover that andy is not the all-american girl that the town mythology had made her out to be she also finds out that sal's friends who are the people who had invalidated his crucial alibi which had made him the main murder suspect uh, they lied because they were being blackmailed by a mysterious individual who had evidence that the group of friends at one point had basically put someone into a coma in a car accident and then done a hit and run. And that same person is the one who's potentially threatening Pip to get her to stop the investigation. 
Eventually, she uncovers what she at first believes to be the truth, that the murderer and the person who framed and then killed Sal is none other than the history teacher, Elliot Ward, who's actually the father of Pippa's best friend, Kara Ward. And Elliot actually believes that Andy is still alive, but it turns out he's actually just kidnapped a woman who resembles her and is secretly housing her in his attic in a property that he owns, and he's visiting her frequently under the guise of tutoring. But then the real twist comes after that, which is when Pippa realizes that a couple things aren't adding up in the case, and she goes to accuse the person behind Andy's disappearance, which is Becca Bell, Andy's sister, who accidentally killed her after her sister had been previously hurt during a confrontation where Andy had been blackmailing Elliot over a relationship she was having with him. Uh, but after that, Becca covered up the fact that Andy was dead and then was kind of surprised when this whole Sal cover-up happened because she hadn't set any of that into motion. It just kind of really worked out for her. So that's what happened, which I think lets us kind of move into some of the things that I really did like about this book, which is kind of the presentation. The format that this book takes place in is really cool because Pippa's doing this under the auspices of her capstone project. So she's got a bunch of interviews. So she's taking notes and recording things. So she's got interview transcripts of the people that she's interviewing. She's got news articles that have she has citations to articles, like fictional articles that she's referencing for her class. She's got little maps that she puts in. There's social media posts, and there's also uh, kind of her murder board, which honestly yeah. tricked me a couple times because when I first yeah. went into it, I, I, I got into it and I said, the author's going to use this board to make me not think of who the real suspect is. And that kind of happened a couple times here, and I fell for it every time. Yeah, I love a good murder board, and I think that that's, all of that stuff is really great because you feel, it feels a little interactive. It feels a little bit like, even though maybe... I don't know that you could really solve this mystery just by reading the book, but you do feel like you're going along with Pippa as she's solving it and figuring things out. And um, it is just a cool way to keep track of things too. Yes. And well, it's really funny because as you're describing it, I mean, it does sound completely off the rails. Like almost immediately all of these plot points, I'm like, okay, they're Her they're dog dies. Like, there's a lot of stuff that happens on here. She's visiting a guy who just keeps being revealed to be the worst person in the book, Max. Just uh, every time they visit that creep, it gets worse and worse. Max is friends with all of these characters who are who are set up as like these good people, like Kara's sister, Naomi, yeah. and Sal, who apparently, in addition to being wrongfully accused and framed for, for murder and everything, was just like the nicest guy ever. But I'm like, something was weird about them, that they're just friends with Max, who... Who's just a creep. Is terrible and, and doesn't even seem like it's a subtle thing. I mean, you're like, I can tell he's no, terrible. The vibes are off immediately so, when you meet him, so and then they up. just get worse. But yeah, uh, I think that that what I really liked about all that stuff too is is that it does help you keep track of what's going on. I yeah. frequently find myself losing specific plot threads when I read these kinds of books because there's just so many things that are happening that's going on. That you need to keep track of to make your deductions about. What's going on? Who you think did it at that time? That kind of stuff. So the book handles that really well. And I think it is fun to see. Uh, so you're actually seeing excerpts of Pip's capstone project. I will say maybe she's treating it a bit too much like a diary. A lot of the information she's including in there, not really advisable. Kind of admitting to a lot of things she should not be doing. <laughs> yeah. The book opens with Pippa's teacher basically saying, your capstone project is interesting, but it's very dangerous. It's very risky. You can't talk to any of these people who are directly involved in the case. Don't talk to any family members. The first thing she basically does, Pippa goes right up to Sal's brother and is like, what's up? I need your help investigating the case of your brother's murder. So, you know, <laughs> instant F. Instant F for Pippa. Yeah. At that point, she had no choice but to be right and to solve it because she needed a lot of forgiveness. Yeah. Another thing I liked about it was the teen detective angle. I do love a teen detective story, the kind of classic 
try to test a genre uh, in a more modern setting, less Nancy Drew and the Mystery of the Secret Clock or whatever, or the Hardy Boys and more of like a contemporary murder investigation, but with a teen at the helm. I enjoyed that. I liked how Pippa made a bunch of bad decisions that you would expect a teen investigator to do who has no connection with authority whatsoever. I love an amateur detective. I love a teen detective. And it is great, yeah, because, I mean, logically, she's not going to make good choices. She doesn't know what she's doing. No. She's She doesn't know how to conduct an investigation. I do think there is a lot of fun in that, though. And she's she's very methodical because she's very good at homework. She's so. very good at homework. <laughs> yes, yes. She's, she's very good at a couple different things, talking to people. Not so much, but she does manage to get things out of people, which is impressive. She's really good at unethically blackmailing people into giving her the information she wants, which I'm impressed at. Perhaps a hidden talent that she didn't even know yes, she had. she should go into crime, I think. She's <laughs> she wasted. should become a criminal. She should become a criminal. But I also think that the story and twist of the book are kind of where I start to have a, I'm a little less solid on how I feel about that. What, do you, what, what did you really like about this story in that sense? Okay, so... I mean, I think it is a little tricky, and as I hear you talk about it, I definitely see maybe some of the flaws. Mm -hmm. I do think that in a way, having Mr. Ward, who's their history teacher and the father of one of Pip's best friends, I do think it makes sense because he is someone that can be in the background of the story who's always kind of there, someone you get a sense of but don't know a lot about, and there's always an excuse for him to be around. Yes. So I think that's... It is, in a weird way, a logical choice, but where it, it stops being a logical choice is the lengths that he would go to to cover his many crimes, and uh, he's he's a remarkably bad person, considering that you you don't really have any inkling of this. There's really no, at least not the object of warning signs about him, other than the parts in which he intersects with the case as Pippa is trying to cross off people on her suspect list. I found that the most unbelievable thing that he did was when he kidnapped that person and put her in the attic <laughs> yeah. for all those years. I just, I wasn't sure if that was necessary. I honestly wasn't sure if that was a necessary element to the the story. I, I was confused about that uh, in a lot of ways. I can see his rationale in doing such an extreme thing as framing an innocent kid for murder and even killing him in order to cover for himself because of the loss he had experienced with the death of his wife and the fact that he's trying to protect his family in his own mind him kind of randomly kidnapping some woman is just a step beyond the only reason i can think that that's even in the book is so that there's a moment where the reader thinks oh andy's not dead and then it's like oh no never mind it's just another thing that the ward the ward father did it's, you know, it, it almost feels like a twist that would be better served in another book where it's the main twist. Yeah. The fact that it is an additional twist is wild. And that's right before the other twist of the book, which is that he didn't even, he didn't even actually fully kill Andy. It was Andy's sister who did it and then covered it up in uh, her own small way. Can you imagine thinking you murdered someone, murdering a second person, and then realizing that the first person you didn't even kill... Yeah. You didn't even kill Wow. Him. And also you just kidnapped <laughs> someone for some reason. I don't know. The kidnapping is... It was a little much for It's me. a lot. It is a lot. And I mean, it's there are all those details that are a lot of fun. And actually the, the big showdown with that happens in New Canaan. Yes. So we can talk about that a little bit more later. But I mean, so that's... It's all it's all very fun, I guess. Is that a, is that a weird way to... <laughs> I, I, I certainly think it's entertaining. It's entertaining, yes. Uh, but... 
It's a lot. Let's talk about that New Canaan connection. So this is a book that was originally set in, in England. It's not set in America, but it was localized for the U.S. release. How did you feel about the localization effort in this book? Okay, so I have a lot of good things to say about this book, but this is the part where I get critical. Mm. <laughs> and I think it's absurd. I mm. don't know why it happened. And I, you know, I can imagine in most parts of the country, you can read this and who cares? It's fine. No big deal. I feel like you read it here and you're immediately poking holes in all of these details. I had like a running list in my head of all of the ways that I did not find this believable to be Fairfield County mm. or New Canaan in particular. How did you feel? I felt like it added an unnecessary undercurrent of just me having to suspend my disbelief. I don't, I don't feel like I need to. I, if this had been set in England as it was originally written, I'd have been fine with it. I think it would have made a couple of things make more sense. I would have much more easily bought into a couple of the character actions and maybe some of the background details, and I would have been fine. But this was just kind of odd being in the area. Things would pop up in the book, and I'd be like, well, that's not how I would imagine that would go in this area, <laughs> in this neck of the woods. So it's just kind of unnecessary. I, I, I can see why, you know, there are logical reasons why you want to localize a, a book like this, but... I feel like in this specific case, it was unnecessary and distracting for someone from the area. Not a problem most people will have unless they're in the area. And, you know, only if you're highly attuned to it. I wanted to take out a map and I wanted to say, where do we <laughs> think this actually have? What do we think? Where's the target? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fairview is a fictional town within Fairfield County. But the idea that there are all of these local towns, Westport, New Canaan, where Pip is actually going, I'm just like, no, no, no. These roads, all these things, no, fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the other thing that I think is really wild is that, so we have these changes that were clearly made for the book, but not everything gets changed. No. And so, you know, there are some instances of dialogue that I don't really agree with. I'll ring you later. We do not say that in the no, U.S. No, we don't. Uh, but perhaps the biggest one, I don't know about you. Growing up, did you go to high school with anyone with a name like Pippa Fitzsimovi? No, I don't think so. It's a, it's you know, some of the naming is he's it didn't carry over as well. Oh. Pippa's 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 a lot. It's a lot. My brain just says she is British. Yeah. I I did you know, I did think that maybe she's like oh she just moved she moved here that should from, have been from, part of yeah. the narrative she somehow. could have just moved here that's the localization she moved here from from England whatever I think that also you know kind of talking about the setting. I think it's time to talk about some of the characters. Uh, I really like most of the characters in this book. I like Ravi a lot. Ravi is a very interesting character. He is certainly someone who you can feel has suffered based on the false accusations that have been placed on his brother and the kind of way that the town has reacted violently towards his family, assigning a kind of communal guilt to the family when they really didn't have anything to do with it, even if he had done the murder, and because he didn't do the murder, they were just completely innocent. I feel like that was communicated very well through the text. I feel like his reaction to when Pippa tries to shield him from some of that, his kind of, I don't need you to help me with this. This is something that I deal with on the regular. You stepping in doesn't do anything but make it worse. Really like that. That push kind of really establishes character for me. Some of Andy's friends had really strong characters. Max, great A scumbag. You know, but he's a person who I, I love to hate. Every time he showed up, I wanted him to be gone again in a good way. But what did you think of the characters? I agree. I mean, I think Ravi's probably my favorite character. He has a pretty 
clear character arc, but also I, I just think he's I think he's well fleshed out in that he's had a lot of struggle with what happened with Sal, but he's also funny, he's also charming, he has a lot of qualities that uh, I find engaging and interesting that make him feel like a real person. Mm-hmm. One person that I will say feels maybe not completely like a real person is actually Pip. Mm. What What are your issues you have with Pip? I think the biggest issue I have with Pip and we can see maybe the way this plays out with the investigation, it makes sense uh, in that she has an obsessive personality. But I think when we first get introduced to her, her personality is homework. Mm. Uh, and there's this emphasis on how she's obsessed with schoolwork, how, how into doing a good job on her school assignments she is, how she's always studying. I don't know if it always leaves room for a lot of other qualities. She has friends who seem like paid extras in her life. (laughs) Maybe I'll cut that. That's pretty good. No, no. Um, I mean, she has these two best friends that she spends a lot of time with, and obviously that takes her to the ward's house, which gets her in proximity of who's revealed to be the killer. But like that time she goes camping with her friends and those three boys who I don't remember Mm. anything about, they don't feel like her friends. Yeah. Who are they? I, I barely remember the three boys in the camping scene. I just remember her getting the, the warning note at the camping scene. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think the scene works for that moment. But I do find it odd sometimes that a lot of these characters get brought in to kind of make her world feel fuller. And I don't know that Pip is really putting in the effort to have all of these friends. Let's talk about Pip a little more. Actually, let me give you a quote for, for, for this right. episode. So this is Pip at the end of the book kind of giving a speech, presenting her capstone. She said, what's wrong with me? I might seem like the ideal student. Homework always and early. Every extra credit and extracurricular I can get my hands on. The good girl and the high achiever. But I realized something just now. It's not ambition. Not entirely. It's fear. Because I don't know who I am when I'm not working. When I'm not focused on or totally consumed by a task. Who am I between the projects and the assignments when there's nothing to do? I haven't found her yet and it scares me. Maybe that's why for my senior capstone project this year, I decided to solve a murder. Which I think does lend her character a bit of gravitas. She does at the end of this kind of make this realization about herself that she is not sure who she is as a person, how she finds that she throws herself into tasks that she's working on. And during the investigation, she really does. She goes pretty hard on these, on her suspects, on her research. She almost gets herself killed multiple times, in my opinion, by just putting herself in a dangerous situation. So she does do this, and at the end of the book, she kind of comes to this realization. But going into it, you start thinking, is her personality homework? What is she, why is she doing this? Another thing that I want to say is, what is her motivation to do this? <laughs> I, I will say, yeah, and I, I love that quote, and I think, I think it hints at so much more of her character, but I do wonder if all of that is in the book, and maybe if that could have been developed better, because I don't know that her motivation is really clear and maybe because it's not clear to her but she just gives some reasons to i think it's to ravi that are maybe a little weak it, it doesn't really feel like she's being honest with the the reader or honest with ravi or yeah. honest with herself so it's basically she's thinking about she met sal kind of in passing he was friends with naomi kara's older sister so they were in each other's presence at yeah. times throughout her youth and so he, you know, he helped her like learn how to make pancakes or stand up to bullies or what, you know. He, he taught her, he taught her some swear words and he, you know, he let him see an R-rated movie. So, you know, I'm going to devote my life exactly. to solving the case of your 
or who, the murder. Who wouldn't want to exonerate the person who taught them some swear words when they were 12? I mean, it's just, it's not, I felt like that was one of my biggest complaints with the motivation behind Pip's investigation was just, it needed to be a little stronger, I think. You could view it in a way where you say this is an element of Pippa's character that's really kind of laudable, which is that she understands when people are being kind and good and she respects that and she's willing to put in the work in order to exonerate someone who she believes, based on just kind of her interactions, is innocent, which is laudable. But she's she's going against her express instructions that her, her instructor is giving her for, you know, this project. So she's going to fail the second she tries to turn this in based on what she does instantly. So that kind of part of the motivation is gone. So it's very odd to me how seemingly insignificant those reasons are. Yeah, I mean, I think it would have felt more satisfying in a way if, you know, he had saved her from drowning or it was... Something, something, <laughs> something. just more. Something more. They had, if they had a more developed relationship that she kind of talked to Ravi about and then Ravi could have opened up with his relationship a bit more. Something like that I would have really enjoyed. But other than that, there's just... I do like most of the characters in this book, just to kind of reiterate. Character's mostly very good. Pip I'm a little Pip I'm a little unsure about, but in the end I do kind of like her as a character. She's interesting. Her speech at the end really does recontextualize a lot of the interaction she's had. she does basically say, I'm gonna take the F on this which I thought was really funny, or she says, Yeah, my my Ravi helped me and he's like, Well, you're not supposed to have help on this capstone, so I guess you failed which is really funny. <laughs> Well, I, I do want to bring that up, that I think this book really does go, as much as there's the darkness, it does go for, for some lighter moments. It does go yes. for, there are jokes, there are things that I do think that at times Holly Jackson really does allow herself to have a little bit more fun and kind of make these characters, gives, gives them room to play a little bit, to yeah. feel a little bit more like real people at times, which definitely helps. She puts a lot of work into that with Andy, Andy Bell, the, the murder victim that this kind of whole thing revolves around. Andy's a really complicated character in this. The town has mythologized her as being the all-American hero, the all-American girl, that kind of thing. When you dig into it, yes, she's a bully. Yes, she's dealing drugs. And not just the quote-unquote party drugs. She's dealing some pretty reprehensible stuff to people. I mean, she's not a good person, but you also understand where she's coming from. Her home life is described in a way that you can understand the kind of environment that's producing maybe her her personality and it's influencing her. And I really appreciated that, especially when it comes to revealing why her sister murdered her in the end because she had basically dealt date rape drugs to someone who then raped her sister. And her sister was furious when she found out and it just led to this whole thing. So, I mean, in my opinion, that was like a well-developed through line for the character that kind of wound up in her death. And that was really interesting to me. So Holly Jackson, absolutely able to write great characters. I think if anything, the more we talk about this, the more that I think that the biggest flaw of this book is really just too much. There's just so much going on that I don't always think she has the opportunity to dedicate the time to everything all at once. And so I think we get these glimpses of all of these things that are really good, but maybe this is a great segue. So they are turning it into a TV series and it really feels like maybe that is the best way to kind of explore these characters because they need so much more time, I think. There's so much to dig into with all of them. So I'm really curious to see how that turns out. I do think they're British in this one. That's good. I would be uh, shocked if they really localized it. Yeah. I would be shocked. But yeah, I, I think that would be an interesting way to explore the characters and, and the world, especially if you really enjoy the, the story, which I mostly like. All right, all right. Backtracking a little bit. No, I mostly liked it. I'm t we're talking it out and I'm coming around to it. 
All right. I mean, I think I think the thing is that if you do like mysteries, you like thrillers, you like teen detectives, there's so much here. And you're not going to guess what's going on because there are about 17 twists after the first twist. Yes. Like you, you kind of think maybe, oh, I know what's going to happen. And then you're like, okay, surprise backstory. I know what you did last summer kind of yeah. situation. Someone hit someone with their car. It's not even in the book. It's just a story. It's really involved. It's really involved. <laughs> you kind of come off of the ride. Your hair is kind of you know, pasted <laughs> to the back of your head. And you're sitting there thinking, did I did it really need that third loop-de-loop, that third twist? There's nothing more fun than describing this book to someone who has not read it. And it's, they're like, what now? They're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think that's about it for our discussion of Good Girl's Guide to Murder for this episode. Kathleen, do you have any read-alikes for people who might be interested in the detective genre or things that if they like this book that they might also like? Yeah, I do. I'm a huge fan of the Truly Devious series, which is actually five books I think at this point and there are more coming so that's by Maureen Johnson it starts out with this girl Stevie Bell who is accepted to Ellingham Academy which is this really prestigious school where she's going to solve a murder she's really into true crime and there's this cold case from when the school was first started with the founder his wife and daughter were kidnapped and I believe one of them was found dead later on and so anyway she's going to the school she's like I'm going to solve it but while there another murder happens so she has to figure out what's going on now what's happening in the past so that's a lot of fun there are three books in the initial trilogy where she's solving this case but then there are some books after that so I just wanted to mention my favorite one is actually uh, The Box in the Woods which is about when she goes to summer camp where there were summer camp murders which is a lot of that's a classic honestly (laughs) murder at a summer camp classic so all of those are really fun and it's five books so if you if you like them you have a lot of reading ahead of you uh next one i wanted to talk about was the inheritance games by jennifer lynn barnes this is about a girl named avery grams who doesn't have a lot of money and then her fortune changes when she is pretty randomly left a huge sum by this billionaire Tobias Hawthorne who she's never met and doesn't have any connection to in any way. The only catch is that she has to spend a year in this guy's house while Uh-oh. his family, who's really mad that they're not getting the money, they basically want to kill her. So he's all into puzzles and riddles and codes and things like that. So it's kind of like a slightly older Westing game mm. kind of feel. And it's, it's a lot of fun to just see what's going on with that her interaction with the family which is obviously a little hostile and you know will she solve the puzzles and get the money at the end and then finally this is this is a bit of a detour but kind of reminded me in a different sense is uh it's not me it's you by stephanie kate strome so this is not a mystery or not exactly a mystery but it is in the format of uh, like an oral history project for school this character avery dennis is a high school senior who gets dumped right before prom so she, she's and you know she's she's pretty and popular and she's like no 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 I have to figure out what happened <laughs> so she goes she's basically interviewing like everyone in her school people she's dated in the past like interrogating her whole history to figure out what's going on <laughs> like very very intense that sounds fun <laughs> it's it's so much fun it's such a great audiobook and uh, so, yeah, so it's all the voices for all of these characters. And it's just, it's all dialogue because they're all being interviewed for this project. And then there are some, like, editorial notes from the school advisor who's like, I don't really think this is what this project is about. <laughs> so so if you liked that aspect of A Good Girl's Guide to Murder with the Capstone Project, you should definitely read this one, which is a lighter, more kind of, like, rom-com vibe, but definitely very funny. And, of course, I think we'd be remiss in not mentioning that Good Girl's Guide to Murder is a series 
I believe there's two more books in the series as two of now. Two more books, yeah. And also, I think, like, a novella that just came out. But, yeah, Good Girl, Bad Blood is the next one in the series if you want to continue. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pip is still getting into trouble. Yes. And then I think in the third one, she's getting into a lot of trouble. <laughs> there is duct tape on the cover, like, if that gives you oh, any. No. <laughs> So this is the season four finale. That's pretty impressive. We've gone through four seasons. We're coming back for a fifth season too. And before we actually get back to that fifth season, we just want to say thank you for 2,000 downloads. We've had 2,000 people download our episodes of Book Solid. And we're, of course, thrilled that so many people have enjoyed our content. We started with nothing but a 10-year-old recorder and a dream. Yes, incredible. And we are also really excited to announce that for season five, more changes are afoot, but good changes. So from our Babel episode, Kat, she will be coming back as a permanent co-host. Yes, we're so excited to have her with us going forward in season five. We absolutely love the energy and the insight that she brought to Babel, and she seems so excited to come on and, and join us for next season. We are also are excited to tell you that we may have something special in the works for a celebration of that 2,000 downloads. We might have some special guests, a special episode that might hit before the first episode of season five comes out sometime in the fall. But just keep an eye out for that. So that's still in the works. Once again, thanks for listening to Book Solid Podcast. We hope you join us for next season. Thanks for listening, everyone.